0: Feeling inspired by hosts Ron and Tyler to work on your health? The Movie Buffs podcast is brought to you by Time to Train Fitness, your home for on-demand workouts for every level of fitness. Exercise with amazing certified instructors that want you to push through any barriers. At Time to Train Fitness, you'll find quality workouts across six class formats, including indoor cycling, hit bar, yoga, strength training, and dance cardio. Stream brand new classes releasing every week in our 450-plus on-demand workout library. Use the link in the description to view all of the membership options and to start a free five-day trial. Get ready to press play on your next workout.
1: Hey, everybody. Ron Jam here, and I'm excited to talk to you today about our sponsor. For any of my fellow fitness buffs out there who love to train, you also know that hard training leads to aches and pains, and that's why I love today's sponsor, Royal & Pure CBD. Their philosophy is to enhance your life with pure ingredients that you and your pet can feel good taking. Royal and Pure products combine the healing properties of hemp-derived CBD with other active botanical ingredients to enrich your daily activities and ease the aches, inflammation, and pains that come from being active, aging, Or just daily life. I use their salve on all my achy spots, especially on my recovery days, and I always use their PM tincture to help me get a great night's sleep and recover to hit it hard the next day. They're offering our listeners 20% off at checkout by using code RONJAM20. So if you're interested in checking out their great products and seeing just how helpful they can be, visit royalandpure.com and use code RONJAM20 at checkout for 20% off. Okay, time for the show. Hello, hello, hello. What is up to all my fellow film fitness freaks, fanatics, and aficionados? And welcome back to episode seven of the Movie Bus Podcast, the strongest podcast in the world about movies. You are all in for a treat today, as it is our first ever episode done entirely in the dark. Ooh, spooky. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Ron Jam, and I'm joined by a man who has broken into my home and will not leave. That is Tyler, El Hombre de Tigre, Valencia. So, how's it going, man, Tiger? didn't even mention that this is our first episode of
0: 2022. 2022. I, I did mention that. You just didn't hear it. Okay. I'm ready to rock on this episode. We got a lot of great stuff, not just the news, of course. It's always fun to talk about new stuff, but we really packed this episode with a lot of stuff. So I'm actually really
1: excited for it. Me too. And we're uh, just for everybody. We are talking about our pros and cons of eating peanut butter right before bed. It's going to be a barn burner. <laughs> is that not what we're talking about? Do you just keep peanut butter by your bed? Is that what you do?
0: No. It- okay. Just wondering.
1: Before we get into our hardcore heavyweight working set, let's get warmed up. Tyler, you got any news for me to help me warm it up? We're going to kick things off with
0: one of your favorite topics, one of your Mm. favorite movies that you just can't stop messaging me about, talking about on the podcast. Hit me with it, daddy. Your favorite, Morbius. Oh, boy. (laughs) The Morbius release date has been moved again. First, give me and the audience your thoughts on the date being moved, but then second, Follow it up with a little bit. Do you think it was them adding more clips, adding more end scenes?
1: What do you think the reason was? Chugga, 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 that is the Morbius hype train, and it keeps on a chugging. They're moving it back because they know we can't wait for it. They're trying to build the hype. They want us all frothing at the mouth <laughs> and foaming at the wiener to go see this movie. That's what I think, Tyler.
0: I don't know if you're joking. If you are, <laughs> because I know that for a fact that Mm -hmm. you don't think this is a real movie, just like you didn't think The New Mutants was. What?
1: Do I think moving a movie seven times is a surefire sign that the studio thinks it sucks? I don't know. That's a different guy. That's 2021, Ronald. This guy, I'm optimistic. I'm charged up, baby. Well,
0: 2022, Ronald, at this moment, have you actually seen The New Mutants yet?
1: That movie doesn't exist, Tyler.
0: Okay, so Morbius does exist, though. It doesn't? Okay. (laughs) Okay. We can't prove that, not until March or whenever the hell it comes out, if it comes out. So rumors, be serious-ish as much
1: as you can be serious. Got it. Do you think that they added anything into it? Maybe they heard our episode last week where I called them out for probably not having anything about any characters in it. And they said, <laughs> <laughs> wait, do you see what we take out? I think they cut it shorter. Okay. I will bet you that the one hour and 48 minute running time that we reported last week is shorter upon release. <laughs> I think they added cameos and they took out story. That's my bet. I'm sticking to it. Well,
0: my only other piece of news for you has to do with my favorite actor in Hollywood, that as you know, is Tom Holland, Spider-Man. And (laughs) with as reported by MovieWeb, his role in Uncharted came after he did a pitch for 007, like an origin story. And so set aside the joke that the origin story pitch, it failed. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't capture the people that do Bond, but Do you think that his style, his look, maybe a
1: good script, do you think he would fit within another spy movie? It's hard to say. I think he does look a little young. It's going to be hard to buy him as a spy. That being said, he did star in Spies in Disguise, starring him and Will Smith as a pigeon. (laughs) So he starred in Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that answers your question, Tyler. That's
0: interesting just because I agree that (laughs) he just looks super young. I That's the piece of spider-man or even him going into other movies whether it's the fred astaire movie that he's going to be starring in uncharted i just don't get that vibe that he's like a grown man and i feel bad because i know that you like him i know you talk about
1: how he's a good actor he's a good person but just doesn't hit with me okay well i have two things that hit off that one speaking of mcu characters playing um golden age hollywood people i just read that uh chris evans is going to be playing gene kelly in Mm -hmm. a movie like a fictional movie set in a world where like a young kid visits the MGM lot and forms a friendship with Gene Kelly. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's interesting or not. Uh, But speaking of good guy, good movie actors, and actually one of your favorite actors, one of mine as well. Have you heard the news about Keanu Reeves that came out this week? Uh, No, hit me with it. Okay, well, this news is hot off the presses as it is 23 years old. This information came out just recently, I read it the other day, and I forgot to talk about it. So in 1999, for The Matrix number one, right, Keanu was a hot property. He was a big star. He's been a big star forever mm-hmm. at this point, most of our lives. But in 1999, he was paid $10 million up front to star in The Matrix, right? That's a great paycheck. So him being the good guy that he is, star of the movie, did a great job. When the movie turned out to be a massive success, he was paid another $35 million on the back end due to the residuals and all the branding and stuff that sold on the side of that. Uh-huh. So what Keanu decided to do was he took the money he was promised. He took the rest, roughly 70% of that $45 million, which is $31.5 million, and he donated it all to leukemia research and didn't tell anybody. He didn't do a press release. He didn't go on Ganellin. He didn't go on Jimmy Kimmel. He didn't go tell (laughs) anybody. Literally, people found out in 2022 that he did this. How does that make you feel? What are your thoughts? I think I actually saw
0: something like that, and I maybe just saw the headline for it, but that's when you can tell somebody is a good person. They don't do it for the news, the press to get publicity about it for people to think about them, that 20 years later we're talking about it and you just know that yeah that's believable and keanu is a good
1: person right it's like it's not to discount what of a cool thing and what a, like a genuinely like beautiful gesture it is mm-hmm. but it's amazing that more people don't do it when you're getting paid yeah. 45 million dollars for 6 months of work that and you get paid that again every 2 years like phew. Why not? Help people. Mm-hmm. It it's incredible that more people don't do it. It just shows you um that there are a lot of a holes in the world, especially famous rich a-holes, which we'll be talking about as one of our topics later. There's <laughs> a yeah. little teaser there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, it it just made me love Keanu even more. Great guy, man. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. I think these days more people are interested in going to the moon than with helping out others. I'm just gonna put that out there. They'd rather go to the moon or they'd rather support some billionaire going to the moon than anything
1: i think i saw that uh lex lutheran going his trip to the edge of space produced as as much carbon emissions as the entire united states does in like a month and a half he did that in one day (laughs) so woo you did it you did it jeff you did it you fucking did it you bald bastard (laughs) you know you see superman comic books you're like wow how is lex luther not in jail like all he does is like steal from people and like you know cause riots and like take over countries and stuff then you're like wait i get it because he owns amazon or (laughs) he was the he was the president a couple years ago that's how Uh, another piece of news i want to talk to you about was amelia clark's character from solo colon a solo solo story colon origins her name was kira i think i pronounced that right it's qi apostrophe ra -hmm. she's reportedly getting her own disney plus spinoff thoughts
0: it's probably taking advantage of Her as an actress, her stardom, her ability to attract people, that'd be my guess, just because she's Khaleesi and people Mm -hmm. go to movies because they love that character. They love her. And if they can make it work, I mean, okay. But from what I've shared in the podcast recently, it's been kind of frustrating for me just seeing how people are still talking negatively about Star Wars, just because it's like, come on, like I grew up on one through three. Not the best acting, not the best really anything. And I, I love Star Wars. I'm going to go see it when, whenever anything comes out. I watched the latest episode of Boba Fett last night because I enjoy it. So these individuals that are so butthurt about how their story because the way that they look at the character didn't come out true. Come on, just move on. Just be happy that we're getting some type of property from Star Wars. Yeah, when's a little guy going to win one every once in a while, you know? I think what we've done- several episodes on star wars before and i know that unless it has to do with john favreau you don't have anything positive to say so move on to your next piece of news
1: i love star wars i think star wars one two three had stop, the, you're a liar the the best representation of how lightsaber fights should look <laughs> in four five and six obviously they were limited by their time but i hated in the new ones that for some reason everyone wielding a lightsaber they were moving it like it was like a broadsword, right they were moving it like if it had heft to it well it's plasma it's ostensibly weightless right mm-hmm. so you have the hilt which is pound pound and a half if it weighed a kilogram i'd be shocked right so you have this thing in your hand so why are they moving it around like it's they're heaving it around it's so freaking stupid i hated it Uh, and i tell you what rise of skywalker was one of those movies i watched and genuinely got home and i was like wait did i go to the movie like was i asleep why was it that bad did i dream a shit movie so i love star wars i can tell speaking of disney properties chloe zhao uh, earlier this week about the original ending for the Eternals. Have you heard about this? I have not. She said that initially her plan was that the world was saved by the Eternals but then they're gathered up and their memories are erased by the Celestials and they're sent off to take over another planet and she described it as more of a Twilight Zone type ending, which is why they ended up changing it because it didn't quite fit the MCU. Now my <laughs> my critique of that is that what they created also doesn't fit the MCU and it also <laughs> is way worse. How do you feel
0: about that, Tyler? Thinking about this idea of mind erasing, and then all of a sudden that this is different than the MCU. We've been on the same page that the way that it ended, the whole way that it was filmed was just not MCU. My (laughs) biggest point for it was that you don't go to a Marvel movie to just be slow played the whole time, that you're just waiting for something to happen. You go to watch people punch each other in the face (laughs) to see some sweet powers and to walk away thinking, oh, wow, that was so cool. Sweet graphics, not all these amazing love stories and these characters get that out of here
1: you know i half agree with you half don't one is that yes that's not what we usually go for but two that stuff wasn't in the eternals either (laughs) i don't think anything they tried to do was executed particularly well no shade to anybody who made it it didn't come out particularly well Mm -hmm. uh and i think if you did all the contemplative romantic you know thoughtful versions of stuff that could have played if it was in any way interesting i heard a lot of people say oh you know the cinematography of it's so beautiful was it though Because they were always in an empty field, it felt like they existed in a world that only included them. Like this could have taken place on the moon, and they would have interacted with just as many other people. Mm -hmm. Because there's nobody in the movie, dude. (laughs) Aye, aye, aye. All right. Any any more news or trailers? I know we're kind of light on trailers. That's all I got. I just am all pumped up for our main set. Me too. I've been peck popping all day. You ready to get into it? Let's pump it. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. All the top movies of 2021 are going to battle it out to find out who is the heavyweight champion of the world in each of its respective categories, as judged by Tyler and I. Tyler, are you ready to get into it? What's our first category?
0: Best movie we saw. So, not necessarily our
1: favorite movie, but the best movie. Ron, what was the best movie you saw in 2021? All right. So, my best movie of the year is a movie called Judas and the Black Messiah, starring Daniel Kaluuya. It came out. Uh, in theaters for a limited run and it's on hbo max it is the story of fred hampton the leader of the black panther party and his eventual assassination it's a true story it's very heart-wrenching it's incredibly well acted incredibly well shot and it'll tear you up but it is a movie that i think is not only Fantastically made, but it's an important movie for people to see to understand this piece of history.
0: Interesting point that I got to ask because prior to making this episode, we were talking about what things we're going to have in there, and you brought up this movie, mm-hmm. and you mentioned something. Do you think this has replay value? This movie,
1: you know, I don't, I don't see myself watching it again soon because it is very, very heart wrenching. It's, it's a very upsetting story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know about replay value. Maybe down the line, I'll have to give myself a little more time or I'll rewatch it with somebody who hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think besides the story of being true, mm-hmm. it is just a very well acted and well shot film. It's everything looks amazing in it. Okay, um, I would rewatch it for that. But like I said, it is emotionally draining, to be honest. Tyler, what's your best movie of the year?
0: Mine is one that we feel have gone over in this podcast before, but it's Dune. Uh, with Dune, we hit a lot of points in the episode with the acting, how uh, film, storytelling, all that kind of great stuff. For me, prior to going to see Dune, and I always got to give my little shout out to seeing it in the Dolby Cinema, thing that Ron always has to make fun of me for. It was a movie that I was looking forward to, but I was, of course, nervous for because of the source material. People talking about all the different houses, all the different names, and being a fan of Game of Thrones, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to understand it, but it was just so well made that it all came across as, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm excited for the next one. And with Dune, uh, it was probably the movie to date that I've watched the most breakdowns, videos explaining it on YouTube just because I want to learn more about it. And that's a joke that Ron and I have had in the podcast is that I know what's coming up next because <laughs> I've watched other videos, but I know what's coming up and I'm still excited to see how the director, Denny Villeneuve, what his spin on it is and a part of even saying his name, learning how to say, I was going to say, Hey, you pronounced it right. Congratulations. <laughs> knowing the director's name. Um, but, uh, he hit it out of the park. I was a big fan of his prior to this. Um, and I think at the moment prisoners or no, what's his other one? Uh, Sicario. It's mm-hmm. available on Apple for $4.99. I might go buy that. It was complicated material, and Mm -hmm. the way that he shot it, all the work that they did, all the prep, the storytelling, the visuals, just great. Probably the best movie I've seen. It is the best movie I've seen all year and in a a long time.
1: I agree that is a fantastic movie. I think, I don't know about for you, I think this does have a little bit more replay value because it is a little lighter. Yeah although it is super duper long <laughs> but one of the things i was thinking about while you were talking about it how you know there's it's heavy material this movie is quite slow and contemplative and there is like a long slow burning romance and there's a lot of slow points in this movie but people still loved it you know why because <laughs> it was done well yeah. it was done with intention <laughs> and it was executed with intention it wasn't like okay i had a good idea we'll figure it out when we get there Mm -hmm. Danny villeneuve is is known for being slow and contemplative so when he does things it's all purposeful and i don't blame chloe zhao i'm not trying to shit on the eternals i think being in the marvel kind of the marvel mold for how the movie had to come out really messed up what she was trying to get done Mm -hmm. well let's keep eternals out of talking about a great movie like
0: Dune. Um, I don't want it to mess okay. anything up that I've said and or anybody to feel like Dune is anything apart of Eternal. So you okay. knock that out right now and hit us with- <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> you hit us with our next category. There's always bad movies, and some of them <laughs> are so terribly made that they get Razzies. But for our purposes in this championship battle, Ronald, what was the worst movie that you saw in 2021?
1: Now, this one's hard for me. You know, I'm a big fan of rules. I'm a big fan of following the rules. I'm a big fan of following my own rules. So I obviously had to give three answers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! My three-way time for worst movie of 2021. (laughs) is F9, Venom, and Halloween. Halloween Kills, I think, is number one worst movie because it also has the stupidest name. But <laughs> Let Venom colon Let There Be Carnage is also a dumbass name. <laughs> F9, also a dumbass name. Ah oh, man, they're, I can't see. I can't pick a winner. They're all three are horrible. Now, have you seen all three of these films? Uh, Just one of them, the one that we reviewed on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are lucky. So uh, quick talk about Halloween Kills. I am a horror movie fan. I am a Halloween fan uh, i am a fan of this current trilogy they're in the middle of this movie felt like you know how like right before christmas break all sitcoms have like one big episode right like their pre christmas episode ever but the episode before is just a bunch of nothing mm-hmm. that's how this was but it was a movie that cost 100 million dollars <laughs> there's so much weird crap that happens I, I won't go into it maybe i'll do this on one of my special segments that's coming up in a few weeks but yeah it's a crap movie venom we talked about it's just it's mind-blowing how they could spend so much money on making nothing. Uh, and F9, I know it made a lot of money, but I think because people are tricked into seeing it because they did do a couple cool ones a few years ago. But they drive a Pontiac Fiero into outer space.
0: Mind you, this is the movie that Pontiac Fiero sent me videos while he was watching it from the theater. Literally texting me from the theater, ah. sending me videos and incriminating
1: himself in the process. I don't. I don't know if you're allowed to do that, but <laughs> I don't know who did that, but it was not. Um, What's your worst movie of the year? Before you uh, Pontiac Fiero in trouble <laughs> with the FBI. Well, the easy choice would have been Venom, and we I think. Oh, you're calling me easy? Call me lazy? <laughs> I pick three.
0: I think we spent enough time on a full episode talking about Venom. I don't <laughs> think we had anything positive to say about it, so. I kind of just moved on from it. I feel like, oh man, I feel bad for Venom, to be honest, after we did that. (laughs) With this one, it's probably be surprising that (laughs) what my choice is, and I'm going to preface this by saying that my wife is Hispanic, and so I know what I'm getting into by putting this movie as my worst movie of 2021, and I fully accept the punishment that might come from this. Worst movie for me, Encanto.
1: Really? Yes. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to go ahead and say you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> the biggest issue for me with this film, it's a Disney movie. And it's available on Disney Plus. So you can go see it. We're very excited to go see it, but I feel bad that I'm gonna ruin part of this for you, Ron, but Oh man. I'm gonna go ahead and leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> Just like every movie that's ever made, there's a journey, especially in Disney Pixar oh, movie. This isn't a Pixar Spoiler movie. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. There's no journey. There's literally no character journey that this goes that they go on, a quest, anything like that. Or any type of maybe emotional roller coaster that you experience like, "Oh man, I feel for this character. Oh, I can't wait till they grow through what they learn through it. Nothing. The main character in this she basically goes into her uncle's room and it's almost like it's a humongous other area, and she almost gets suffocated by all this sand, and she's looking for her uncle after, but all of a sudden they find out he's just been in the house, this uncle that's been long lost, he's just been hiding in the walls of the house. No big deal. I hate when that happens. <laughs> yeah, with other things in terms of like the culture, like so. The example I'm going to bring up to compare it to, and it's not even fair to be honest, is Coco or even Raya. If you saw don't, it. you talk shit about Coco. No, Coco was a masterpiece. Coco is a great example of culture, sharing culture of things that you don't typically see in Hollywood or even animated movies. With this movie, it didn't really show South American culture. They didn't really show things that like food, something very easy, very important part of South American culture. Of course, they mentioned one type of food, but that's really it. There's not even really that much Spanish that's spoken in the movie. And when we talk about showing characters that are different, showing different cultures that are different, I didn't walk away with that. I just felt like it was a rushed movie that really didn't, you didn't walk away with anything. And for me after, and I took part of this for my wife. This was actually her biggest issue with the movie. She looked up some articles after that, basically the press, almost trying to uh make up for it, to basically talk about things that aren't really true, in my opinion. And it makes me more mad. Like the press basically went out there and said, oh, the, here's what they're talking about in Encanto. In, in here's what you can expect and why this movie is so great. No. To me, that just made it worse. And then lastly, I have one more thing, and I'm terrified for my life in saying this. But the untrue act of this movie is that any abuela would ever apologize or or say anything that she was wrong. Despite being a thousand percent wrong, no, they would absolutely guilt trip whoever they want. In this movie, the abuela, she basically discovers that she's been wrong all this long, all all this time in about 10 minutes. Yeah, right. Get out of here. Not right.
1: All right. So Tyler, love Coco. (laughs) Tyler, what's our next category? category? Next category. That was an accident. I just choked on my Gatorade. So in
0: 2021, we get to some positive stuff now. In this Mm -hmm. podcast, we're going to be going to our favorite movie. So different than the best movie. Best movie could have been anything in terms of how it was made. This one, what touched us? What made us feel good? Our favorite movie of 2021. Ronald, what is that?
1: For me, it's not really coming out of left field. This one's coming right out of the dugout. Everyone saw it coming. And mine is No Way Home. Uh, Not only is it fun, obviously, we talked about a lot of fan service, but I'm a fan. So it serviced me. (laughs) It serviced me right. Uh, I had a great time with it. It was fun. Obviously, CGI, big punches, some emotional moments, rewatchable, because there's a lot of cool stuff, you know, hidden in the background. I thought there was some good performances in there, too. Obviously, the fights were crazy good. Uh, That's my pick, and I'm sticking to it. What about yours?
0: That's it. That's all you got for No Way Home?
1: We did a whole episode and I'm still uh keeping my spoiler embargo on for it. I'm okay. not going to be a jerk about it, Tyler. <laughs> my favorite movie had to be No
0: Time to Die. And Oh, I did not see that. Yeah. I wanted to put a couple curveballs in my list mm-hmm. and primarily because we talked about some of these movies before, not and again, not saying Ron didn't put some effort into his list for this episode, but uh with No Time to Die, I was worried about it being made, they had the director. He dropped due to. I think quote, what you're worried most about is that Tom Holland didn't step up to play Bond. <laughs> Very worried. <laughs> but uh, the director <laughs> split because of creative differences, from what I heard, had to do with the script. A uh, new director coming on that wasn't British. We all know that the British media likes to stir up some drama. I know that Ron's. Joked about that in this podcast and with their new director, Kerry Fukunaga. When he came on board, I was excited but nervous. I, in my opinion, he directed the best season of True Detective on HBO. His Netflix movie, Kings of No Nation, it got a lot of recognition, but I couldn't stay engaged with the whole movie. I don't even know if I finished it. <laughs> so I then went into my usual process of, okay, look at the director's history. What has he done? What type of genres? And I talked about this with action movies, and I was worried, can this director do a Bond movie? There's explosions, there's acting, there's all kinds of stuff involved with it, but blew it away for me. Crushed it for me, especially with a a movie that is the last one of Daniel Craig's. I mean, I grew up being a James Bond fan that didn't get the best content. It was uh, Pierce Brosnan when... Oh uh, man, it started off strong with GoldenEye, and then all of a sudden, they have the most cheesiest gadgets and one-liners, and Halle Berry and her amazing acting. Uh, You can try to guess if I'm being serious or not with that. But then when Daniel Craig came into Casino Royale, I mean, they hit on so- More like James things. Blonde, am I right, Mike? <laughs> they hit on so many things with it, with the times, with the poker, with the tone of it, uh, a lot of great stuff in it. So- really a great way to you know kick off a new franchise or a new series with Daniel Craig and they sent him off amazingly and uh, I'd put probably no time to die in my two or three spot for me skyfall is just visually stunning and well written that it would they would have to hit on so many items my only negative for no time to die was that the a- the actor that played the bad guy, Rami Malek, he didn't get enough screen time. He was kind of there and he's supposed to be built up as this overarching evil guy and
1: just wasn't really there. Did you like No Time to Die? Did you go see it? I think my biggest critique of No Time to Die was that you know, when I was watching it, there tended to be a lot of moments where I would kind of just disengage from the screen because mm-hmm. there was a lot of downtime, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought the extended scenes of James Bond getting dressed were a little gratuitous. I thought (laughs) the full frontal nudity was a little bit much, but I get it. You know, uh, Daniel Craig wants to go out with a bang and showing his (sighs) hanging dong is one way to do that. Other than that, I did enjoy the movie. I just thought it was a little gratuitous. and, And some of those scenes were overlong, like the shower scene. I thought it was weird. I didn't we didn't need to see him shave his legs. Anyway, Tyler, what's the next category? Every now and then you go to the theater
0: and you leave just not feeling good in 2021. There were a lot of disappointing
1: movies. Did you have any disappointing movies? I did. I had two movies that disappointed me the most. And unfortunately, Tyler's going to call me a lazy bitch because they're movies we covered. (laughs) The number one most disappointing for me was The Matrix Resurrections. Mm -hmm. And right up there was Last Night in Soho. Yeah. The reason both of these were disappointing, I think you can agree, they're both things that I was looking forward to. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Matrix, I'm a huge fan of the whole franchise. With Last Night in Soho, I'm a big Edgar Wright fan, and both of them just kind of fell flat of what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Didn't meet my expectations. What about you?
0: Same. And I actually switched mine last night. I had Matrix, and mm-hmm. same reasoning that I had with uh, Encanto. I think was that I wanted to go a little different. But Last Night in Soho for me. It- love Edgar Wright. I follow him on Twitter. I love all his tweets. I think recently he tweeted out like all the movies he saw last year. I think he saw like 322 movies, something insane. He wanted to like watch. Hey, that's just too many. He watched a new movie like almost every single day because he <laughs> loves cinema. He loves the process. He loves everything about it and I wanted last night so to be good and I'm pretty sure both of us are still confused on like what happened in the movie right now. I mean, just this one, last week, I watched Hot Fuzz for the millionth time, and I love that movie. <laughs> when you talk about Last Night in Soho, you think about the acting, the storyline. You just kind of like, where did it even go? Like the zombies, not the zombies, but like the dead people,
1: the ghosts, the it's ghosts,
0: all of- that <laughs> kind of stuff. Like you're just like, how does that even fit into it when you go into the movie thinking like she's going to be solving like a, a murder mystery and all of a sudden, it goes like in a complete different direction. But that's yeah, like why it's disappointing.
1: Yeah, like I totally understand wanting to subvert audience expectations, but also it needs to be satisfying. Then you know, yeah, yeah, like this is a total pivot. But one of the movies that in recent memory that did that was *Knives Out*. Right, where right up front they tell you who did it, <laughs> they solve the murder mystery, mm-hmm. and so you're like, oh crap, what are they gonna do now? But then the rest of the movie is all these twists and turns that are satisfying at every single step of the way, even though they change it. Yeah, but they they did something new with it, but also made it still fit the overall theme. And I thought last night in Soho kind of came off the rails there a little bit. Uh, oh,
0: unfortunately.
1: So do we have anything uh, positive coming up? We had two negative
0: ones in a row. I know we should have probably played that a little better. And we do. <laughs> we are moving into best performance. So doesn't necessarily
1: mean the movie but the best performance, what was yours? All right, so this is just an honorable mention, but Judas and the Black Messiah, Daniel Kaluuya leads that movie playing Fred Hampton, and I thought he did a wonderful job. Like I said, it makes this a really tough-to-watch story. You almost want to watch it again because he's so good, even though it's, like I said, very heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Willem Dafoe takes number one for me. Ooh. I loved seeing him step back into the <laughs> Green Goblin. We talked about this before, how much Spider Man one meant to both of us. So to see him come back as that, and it was like he never missed a beat. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, how has it been 20 years? <laughs> you look exactly the same. You've always looked 60. You've always looked like a goblin. <laughs> no disrespect to Mr. Defoe. But you know, he stepped right back into that role, like, never missed a beat and crushed it from the groveling, you know, like cowardly lost. Norman to this like cackling evil green goblin and at no point did it ever feel out of place like he was being campy he was being huge with it mm-hmm. but it really just suited the movie so well I thought it was awesome yeah
0: agree agree it's so much so that I actually had that as my original answer and I was like ugh <laughs> Ron might have this one like I did go through this process and think okay what will Ron potentially answer and even though. We do watch a lot of, same movies. We do differ in some areas. So I'm actually happy that I switched mine. But before we go there, with talking about Willem Dafoe, talking about his role in it, do you think that his acting style do you, and having him in it, do you think that warrants him coming back in some capacity
1: again? I don't know. I think they kind of closed that well for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know, I'm not spoil too much of the movie. But, you know, comics books, they do weird stuff. They bring stuff, people back. (laughs) You know that. True. Uh, It's not really a spoiler because in the trailers, we know that he's from the different universe. Mm -hmm. uh, So we can safely assume maybe he ends up going back or something happens to him. What I think would be interesting is now that the universe has changed, right? Mm -hmm. He said he couldn't find Oscorp, whatever, maybe with all the universe shifting around. Now there is an Oscorp or maybe it comes up. Maybe Oscorp wasn't as prevalent as it is in the other universes yet maybe willem defoe is that version of norman too, the the regular mcu version mm. he could play norman osborne but be a different norman osborne so i feel like that would be the mm. the best way to bring him back because i feel like the one from the the Ramy trilogy the one who pops over for this his his arc is closed mm. they kind of closed it twice already so i feel like to bring him back would be <laughs> milking a dead horse ronald just coming with more script tips that should be one of our new shows script script tips, script
0: tips. <laughs> just a tip
1: oh you're a child all right what's your best
0: performance So mine, I had to think about this one and in making my list, I basically just did research, just looking on Google, trying to see what movies came out because you watch them and you forget them. And mine was actually Will Smith and King Richard. And
1: just talking about
0: the movie in general, probably the most I've teared up in a while. And I'm I'm man enough to admit that I tear up in movies. I'm fine with it. And (laughs) and this being a fitness podcast, do you want to go? Do some deadlifts or some squats and see who pushes out more. Let's see who. Boy, I'm, ben- I'm bench pressing tonight. <clears throat> <laughs> Let's take this to the bar and see what happens. If you have a problem with a man tearing up in a movie, but wait, is
1: this is this a challenge to me or to uh, the audience? To listeners. Oh shit, dude! You don't want you don't want <laughs> to step in the ring with El Tigre, and by ring I mean his garage gym, my
0: garage. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> with the movie, I'm just gonna say that it was it's some horrors and. Um, Ronald, have you seen this before I go any further?
1: I actually haven't, but I'm aware of their life story. And I, it's on HBO Max. So I yeah. do got to get around to that. Okay. So, uh,
0: so they had some hard topics. Uh, and if you just think about the William Williams sister, their dots and the times that they had to go through, some of the criticism of the movie was about how they didn't really go into some of it. So racism, but not that much. I can only imagine what they went growing up. Being from Compton, trying to get into tennis tournaments, all that kind of stuff, that it was twenty times worse than what they showed. You just gotta give them kudos to what they became. It's just mind blowing. And so I watched the best athletes of all time. All time. Just amazing. <laughs> and so Will Smith's performance, so you watch and you and you're just like, What's up with it? What's up with this character? You're transformed into believing that he's their dad. <laughs> and with watching some of the like extras with it and like having the William's sisters come on set and whatnot. They were just saying how like the accent was so on point, joking, calling him daddy, and just all the things that he did in the movie, his acting, all that kind of stuff, just on point. And you know that Will Smith has had some ugh, some performances that were a little questionable,
1: but with this one, knocked out of the park for me. I don't know what you're talking about. Wild Wild West is one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> I was thinking more like After Earth. Never seen it. I I have seen Wild Wild West. I stopped. You want to talk about Wild Wild West? (laughs) I stopped like five, I think five minutes into After Earth. Like it was just painful. It's like, I can't. Is it because there was no song? He didn't have an accompanying theme song? I tell you, I said, we're going straight to After Earth. We're going straight to After Earth. I think I was like
0: the third CD that I ever owned. The The first one was Space Jam. I think the second one was uh, the Batman um, Forever,
1: no, Batman and Robin soundtrack. Ooh. And then I think third was Getting Jiggy With It. I think my first two, I don't know in what order, but it was the soundtrack to Godzilla 1999. <laughs> remember they had that P. Diddy song that was featuring Led Zeppelin? What is it, like the dun 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 Yeah, dude, that song freaking rocked. And that went so hard for no reason. It was that one. And you remember the movie Small Soldiers about the toys that come to life? I still watch it. I think it's on like Amazon Prime. That movie slaps. And their soundtrack was pretty good too. It had a lot of like 1970s anti war music, which I I don't really have no business. Yeah. Like the main song was War. Huh, what is it good for? That song. I was like, this. I used to go into Stater Brothers, which is a grocery chain a local to the Inland Empire. My mom would go in there to shop. And my mom is a notoriously long shopper. So I'd get through the whole album like one and a half times while we're in there. I'd be vibing out. like six. Okay. It was lit as hell. Random flex, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey,
1: shout out to Stater Brothers, y'all. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, Ronald, why don't you introduce
1: us to our next topic? This is a hotly contested topic. There's a lot of people in the running, and that's the worst person in Hollywood. <laughs> so, Tyler, before we say who's the worst, you want to talk about what qualifies as the worst person in Hollywood? Well,
0: this could be, you know, killing somebody. That's usually mm-hmm. puts you up pretty high on that. Um, you know, saying racist stuff and then, you know, maybe me blame it on like some medicine that you took that usually gets you pretty mm-hmm. high up. Yeah. Um, these days it's very, it's very easy to be a, a bad person.
1: And yeah, when, so needless to say with those charges that we've, uh, the categories listed, there is a lot of people in line trying to win this award this year, everybody. So, uh, hopefully you're all mentally prepared to hear about some of these awful people doing awful things. <laughs> Tyler, why don't you give me a couple of yours, or if you have a one big winner and I'm going to give you mine. Well, I followed
0: the rules and I picked Ah. one because that's what I do. I pick one. (laughs) And so mine is actually Britney Spears. And I just can't stand really actually the fans probably the most. The whole free Britney stuff. All it takes is one sane person to go to her Instagram and to watch any of her videos of her just dancing in the most random places in her house. And you will just think, that's not a sane person. She's not. There's something wrong with this person, and yet we have millions of people. Free Britney! Free Britney! Give her her her, her rights to her life back. All this kind of stuff, and you just say this person's a, a lunatic. She should be. She needs to be in therapy. Something, and I gotta say that if she needs help, she needs to find help. And there's nothing wrong if you if you, if you need to find help, but. This person is clearly not sane in the head.
1: I think what Tyler's trying to say is that people need to uh, redirect their efforts instead of helping a, a millionaire, a multimillionaire, lifelong multimillionaire out. Why don't you direct that towards some humanitarian efforts or help out the the unhoused population or, or anything that's worth your time? Yeah. And I do appreciate that Tyler went ahead and, and took his ire out, Brittany and not her dad. <laughs> <laughs> no. What are you doing, man? I do me. All right. Ronald, what's yours? So mine is a question mark tie because I don't know how many people this is, but they're all tied. Okay. So coming in at number one is Travis Scott and the Kardashians. Travis Scott uh, famously uh, basically incited a bit of a riot that killed a bunch of his fans (laughs) Uh, and the Kardashians. It's funny because when it happened, I said, okay, I told my wife, "I, I bet you within the week, Kim Kardashian confirms her rumored romance with Pete Davidson in order to change the news cycle. And two days later, The Kardashians confirmed a rumored romance in order to change the news cycle to try to cover up that they've done something horrible again. (laughs) Number one also is Britney Spears' dad for taking advantage of (laughs) his multimillionaire child for her whole life and taking all of her assets and and ostensibly keeping her prisoner in her mansion. Things could be worse. Number one is Bill Cosby for being Bill Cosby, right? Mm -hmm. I wish that guy would have died in prison. I think we all do. Number one is Drake (laughs) Bell of Drake and Josh fame. He was convicted of crimes against a child. No further information is available at this time, but that's pretty freaking bad. Number one is R. Kelly, because he's still R. Kelly. We all remember that. Number one is reality star Josh Duggar. He's found guilty in a child pornography trial. Also, it's been confirmed that he did molest his sisters. So trigger warning. Sorry, guys. Also, number one, Ben Roethlisberger. Fuck that guy. He just retired. Everyone's (laughs) talking about Hall of Famer. How about Hall of Fame sexual predator? Allegedly, because he keeps settling out of court man and that's my number one winner for worst person in Hollywood this year man you really uh picked one there I uh, got it I did I picked one <sighs> all right so I don't know if you have this next one on your list but I'm going to give an award to dumbest movie of the year. Tyler, do you have a dumbest movie you've seen all year? I don't have that on my list. Just adding new things here? Yeah, I got one for each of us. My award goes to F9. Yours goes to Venom. Wow. They're dumb, okay? Even in, I I quoted Andy Serkis in an interview that he wanted Venom to be, quote, muscular and lean, not concerned with so much story. So he wanted it to be dumb. And Vin Diesel, come on. That's all I got to say. But, <laughs>
0: Tyler, what's our next? I got to go back to... With Venom looking, what did you say, long and le- strong and lean? What, what was it? Muscular and lean, story-wise. I will say that that the character, the effects, he did look muscular and lean. Uh, that, yeah, so I, in a way,
1: I, that's kind of right. He did. That's the only thing they did. <laughs> uh, I gotta say though, I am not a fan of this Venom design. I like it better than the Raimi design. But this Venom isn't hulking enough, uh, and I don't like how pointy his chin is. He looked like he was like so, six eight in it. Like he just looks like a beast. I, I believe he's eight foot on the dot. Oh, this Venom. I was but wrong. But for some reason, Carnage is like thirteen feet tall, and <laughs> historically Carnage is just the same height as Cletus Cassidy. I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Well, I don't get me started. I, boy. I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole that just gets also carnage doesn't have teeth that are separate from his face. Usually just the black on his face fold up into teeth. So <sighs> he has a jaw of, of more like a jack-o'-lantern instead of like a shark. How venom does Just get started here? <laughs> okay, well,
0: let's let's steer things back into more positive because we do have more negatives coming <sighs> up. So I'm going to mix it up with a little bit of positive here. Okay, <laughs> I think we only have negative. I know. <laughs> so the, we, I, I, I got a positive <laughs> that was a late edition that hopefully gives somebody listening a little, hey, maybe I need to go check out that movie. So a lot of movies come out every year, and sometimes you don't get a chance to see them depending on timing or what's going on in the world, whether it's pandemic or not pandemic. Mm That seems to be the question these days. But Ron... Do you have a most surprising movie of 2021?
1: I do. And you're going to laugh at me because it stars Justin Timberlake. It's a movie called Palmer that came on an Apple TV Plus. I saw that. And my surprise was that it was good. I thought it was very good. I will
0: say that they had the right mixture at the the beginning of it. And I'm going to talk about mixture a bit later. But the scenes where Timberlake isn't talking are good. But then once it warms (laughs) up and he starts talking more, having more dialogue, it gets bad. But I will agree. It was surprising. I did get the feels in it and it was a much better movie than you expected right uh, exactly for for my reasoning though that at yeah. first he wasn't talking and then he starts talking <laughs> and it literally almost changes the character at the end of it like it goes back to like being justin timberlake and not just not like dis- this prison dude
1: <laughs> well not discussing his acting but I, I i assumed the movie was gonna be really campy and bad but i thought everything around him in the movie was so strong that it, it held up him Even where he faltered a little bit.
0: Yeah. I did read some stuff about it after because it does touch on some very serious topics, especially for Mm -hmm. different parts of the country uh, with the LGBTQ community and this young uh, kid identifying as a different gender. And I think it's great when these movies come out because it's exposure. It's exposure Mm -hmm. for people to understand that not everybody grows up the same. And for that, I give them props. I think you summarized it
1: perfectly. What about you, Tyler? Do you have any uh, big surprises?
0: Yeah, one that I've only briefly mentioned in this podcast, and I think Ron has said I should do a episode on it, but Wrath of a Man. And this is one that probably you've seen on Apple TV as one to purchase. And I think I actually saw that it might be on a streaming service and... I think if you have epics, you can see it. This looks like, uh, but Guy For Ritchie film- five people who have epics, guys, I check it out. I mean, people, <laughs> but uh, movie starts out a little slow and you're like, oh man, come on, Guy Ritchie, get into it. But it eventually comes around and you get a pretty solid money heist movie and joke that I was making a little bit earlier about the right mixture, this one hits it. So I call this the magic equation of action stars to dialogue. Action stars, not really known for their acting chops. Would you agree, Ronald?
1: Depends on who you're talking about. Yeah.
0: So good example here, Keanu. We love Keanu. Love him to death. Great person. Right, said he is. But John Wick, the franchise, they get the right mixture. You don't have Keanu talking. You just have him kick the crap out of people. And less acting, much better, more action. So this movie, they do that. Jason Statham. I know that Ronald is a big fan and he's just a badass in it. He's a badass, he just kicks a lot of ass. And you get the guy Ritchie style of action, which is great. And so this is one that I would definitely recommend rent it.
1: I think it's four ninety nine to maybe rent three ninety nine. And it You'll be surprised. A little trivia for everyone out there about Stations Jatham, a.k.a. Jason Statham. He was actually an Olympic high diver Mm. in the UK. And once he finished that, he kind of had no career prospects. So he was a street hustler. And that's how he met Guy Ritchie. He was trying to sell him a fake watch. Mm -hmm. And Guy Ritchie was like, this guy is authentic. I want him in lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. He's the guy (laughs) I pictured when I wrote it. And it's all history from there. Hell yeah. That's why he's so um, adept at fight choreography, because he has this literally world-class kinesthetic awareness. So oh, bring a little fitness into it. it. Looks pretty badass. What's our next category? So Ronald
0: and I have trailers as a part of our usual intro. We talk about industry news, we talk about trailers. And that requires us to watch trailers. We see movies, there's trailers before them, and not all of them are made equally. Ronald, what is
1: your worst trailer of 2021? Oh my gosh. There's just so many that come to mind. I'm honestly dumbfounded. There's so many. Give me yours and let me, okay. I gotta, there's just so many. So
0: I feel like mine is biased because I just honestly said F the director. And for me, it's the last <laughs> duel. It, oh. <laughs> I, I honestly remember watching it for the first time and I was just sitting there like another medieval times movie and side note. <laughs> I love Medieval, medieval Times, of the show. If you know what I'm talking about, shout out to Medieval Times. If you're listening to this, anybody that works there, I love Medieval Times. But uh, talking about The Last Duel now, what pushes this over the top is really Ridley Scott blaming millennials for the poor performance at the box office. Like, It's not like all the millennials One, I am one. But it's not like everybody got together and they're like, oh, Last Duel. That's our next target. This movie. <laughs> we're, we're not watching it. It's like, come on, man. Like literally, just take your L and just move on with your life. You literally put out a movie every single year, and most times you're in the mix for awards. It's not like you're hurting a life; you're doing fine. Move on. And that trailer is just so gray and green and boring. And I think anything that is talking about rape in it and talking about serious topics like you're gonna get some pushback and it just didn't look like a good movie with all the weird accents yeah
1: and i've heard that there's a pretty graphic depiction of the assault so it's not like a movie that is gonna people are gonna hear that like oh let me flock to the theaters mr ridley scott because the last prometheus movie was good
0: wait a second
1: (laughs) Uh, My worst trailer, I got to say, is probably the tie between Batman v. Superman and Amazing Spider-Man 2 for showing the whole movie. I know those didn't come out this past (laughs) year, but that's what I want to talk about. I'm breaking all the rules, baby. I'm a bit of a
0: bad boy. So sometimes you pick more than one when this is just supposed to be one. And sometimes
1: you don't even pick Uh, something in 2021. Okay, keep going. Gotcha. Excellent. So yeah, that's why, because both of them show the end of the movie and give away big plot points.
0: Wait, so Spider-Man
1: 2 and which one? Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Batman vs. Superman. Okay, well... Those are the worst trailers. <laughs>
0: uh, let me think about that for one second. Uh, directors that are not that are controversial, I can't say liked because one of them has a very strong cultish following that I don't even want to say because I, I will say that the backlash from this, if any of them actually hear our podcast, would be... Interesting to see what they would do. Maybe it'll blow us up. Maybe we'll get millions of views out of hate. Watch, watch and listen, boys. Watch and listen. All right.
1: So, what's our final category of the night? Last
0: one, and hopefully people can get wrap their minds around this. Is <laughs> worst movie
1: of twenty twenty two. Wrap your mind around it, Ronald. Go. <laughs> wow. Okay. So my worst movie year for twenty twenty two, Tyler. This isn't even necessary necessarily a movie I think is going to suck or that I hate. I just think it's the least necessary and worst movie of the year. Mm-hmm. And that is Jackass Forever.
0: Really? Interesting. Y-
1: yes, because all those guys are have been horribly maimed for 30 years. They're all pushing 50 or 60 years old. And I don't want to see an old man die in a cannon <laughs> at the movie
0: theater. <laughs> Interesting pieces for you to spin off here. I remember I read a article... And it didn't make the cut for me for to make it into our news section, (laughs) but it was talking about how Bam Marjura is suing the cast and the producer of it because he they are supposedly taking his story and making millions off of it. First, it does state in it that Bam does suffer from some type of mental issue and he is suing them for it. Do you think that this should...
1: is Does that even make it to our news, to be honest? I don't think it's newsworthy because I don't think he really has a a claim is not really a story. And he was actually removed from the project. I know really he was removed from the project because there was a clause in it that because of his some of his mental health problems and his substance abuse issues, mm. that there was a clause that he had to remain sober. Mm. And he broke the clause. And I guess he went on a binger or he had some sort of um, break in the clause. And so they had to remove him because they said, you know, we're doing dangerous stuff. We're older now. We know you have a problem. And we can't be um, enabling you and having you do this dangerous stuff because everybody's at risk. Mm. So
0: movie that nobody asked for and we're getting extra drama on. Got it. Yeah, dude. Can't wait. (laughs) It does seem like it should just be a YouTube video, you know? Yeah. I think we'd all be fine if it was just premiered on YouTube could watch it for free.
1: And I'll pay $3 on YouTube. I'll do that. I wouldn't, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) But I don't know about putting all the money in to make it a, a big time movie. That's why I feel like it's the worst because it's the least called for, even out of all the weird Hallmark movies and all the random crap they make. Yeah. I feel like this is the least called for. And, and genuinely I'm concerned for some of these guys. So I know we know they made it out because the movie's done, but I know I'm sure growing up you watched them as well. Uh, but that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Random. And they were they were adults then. So they're too old to do this.
0: And I'm worried for them. Yeah. Random side note. One of the producers I think he might be for Jackass, but he was for Wild Boys. Yes, I love Wild Boys. Was uh, my English teacher? I think it was tenth grade English teacher. Her husband was the producer for it. Wow! And we would just have the craziest time in the classroom in her in <laughs> in, in her class. We would literally go off campus, go get breakfast burritos. She would let us say whatever we wanted in class, and say whatever the hell you want. Great times, but not have <laughs> been do anything with this movie, so I'm going to move on. All
1: right, so Tyler's out here doing math in tenth grade English, guys. No big deal. What's your worst movie of 2022? I'm sure
0: all our valued listeners that tune in for each episode would think he's probably going to stay uncharted, and I didn't. To
1: just, <laughs> I appreciate that self restraint because. <laughs> And this is a little behind the scenes for everybody. We paused the show because I wanted to say Morbius is so bad and I had to find a second movie. So I appreciate Tyler's restraint. Not
0: so. I didn't want to dump on Uncharted again. Just too easy. could have dunked on it. Okay. But to be honest, and before the recording, when I was looking online, I actually saw that this movie's already getting bad press for how bad it is. And it's the three, five, five. If you've seen a trailer for it, it. Ron's going to call me sexist. Oh, you
1: sexy. Yeah, I'm going to call you sexy.
0: And if basically a group of female spies from across the world going to save whatever from blowing up, my only wish is that they would have went in a different direction. Make it R-rated, kick ass, swear your asses off, and just go that. We don't need another spy movie that's PG-13, that's going to suck. And I already know it's going to have a terrible score. I feel like I already won this award that I know that mine is going to be really bad. So three, five, five feel bad for you.
1: Wow. Tyler! I'm glad you, uh, you got a surprise one in there for us. (laughs) Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the first annual heavyweight movie championship. Uh, all these people are winners in our eyes, even the losers y'all won today. So I hope you go home and are happy with it. Now it's time to cool down. So Tyler, let's get us cooling down, buddy. What are you seeing this week? This week? I'm not seeing anything to be honest. We're just catching up
0: on shows that we weekly watch. One of those is just so painful and I'm so happy that it's (laughs) done because just the worst
1: writing and that's with Yellowstone. And (laughs) it's funny how many people in the interim tell me, "Oh, you got to watch, you got to watch it. And I just- have to smile and go, okay, I'll watch it. It's
0: just so bad. I just can't stand the acting, the writing, and the showrunner for it, just getting more and more jobs, more shows made, movies, whatnot, <laughs> but people tune in for them, so
1: painful. What about you, Ron? Uh, well, I'm going to be re-watching one of my favorite movies uh, in order to prep for a little side project that we're working on. I won't give too much away on that. He's watching Venom. but. i'm watching the venom universe Mm -hmm. watching them back to back on a loop Uh, but before we get to any of my other stuff i'm seeing this is re our viewing of matrix resurrections and i need to tell you this so tyler Mm -hmm. my wife got the gourmet popcorn hell yeah and apparently you and i have discussed this for years and i had no freaking idea but she's like wow tyler was right and i was like about what She was like, the gourmet popcorn. like, I've never heard of gourmet popcorn before in my life. And she was like, you got to bring it up because he definitely has talked about it a dozen times in person on the show. So now that we're
0: talking about it, (laughs) and this is something that my wife makes fun of me for, and she is one of our listeners. So she will probably bring this up when she does listen to this episode, AMC, where we go watch movies. So they discontinued my favorite type of the the preem popcorn, which was the cheddar and the hot Cheetos in it. If you Ooh, are an AMC didn't fan, that existed, dude, that sounds lit. If you're an AMC fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So to make up for it, I make my own. I, I smuggle in my own hot Cheetos, <laughs> and I get the cheese popcorn, <laughs> and I mix my own cheese hot Cheeto popcorn in the theater.
1: That is awesome. Hell yeah. I, I I almost want to tell you my food sneaking story from growing up. You don't continue to sneak in food. I don't do it anymore because I usually show up full, and then I get my free IC off my points. <laughs> but when I was younger, so it's not the heavyweight championship for nothing, everybody. If Tyler and I were in any type of weighted uh, combat sport, we'd both be heavyweights. (laughs) We're thickies. Um, So as a child, I was a thick child as well. So my mom would bring a big purse. We'd stop by the Del Taco that was in the same uh, shopping mall area. And I get two big fat chicken tacos, a large fry. And then a hamburger and she'd put them in her purse and i'd eat them during the movie and it would be so loud i'd just be and i would uh, i'd have a good old time and then we would go to dinner afterwards mm. you gotta get those calories in everybody yeah <laughs> what's what would you say is the best thing that you've snuck into a theater I've snuck four locos into a theater
0: mm-hmm. Done that um
1: uh, club cocktails we used to bring the long island iced teas we'd bring four of them in and then we'd get the little vodkas and add them in there dang that would like destroy me <laughs> This is back when the movie theater was the place to turn up, aka okay, when we were maybe 19 years old. Who knows? <laughs> well, I still smuggle in food to the theater. I'm a grown man. Tyler's still sneaking
0: out of 10th grade English class to this day. And the bad part of it is that my wife doesn't have a big purse. So oftentimes gotta, she has to take it you in your prison wallet. <laughs> yeah. Oftentimes she has to actually take out her wallet. And leave it at home so that we can sneak in the snacks.
1: So you don't even have the option to buy snacks then?
0: You just completely eliminated that.
1: Uh, well, it's not like I don't yeah. carry
0: a wallet. I <laughs> Sure, Tyler. I got to get my popcorn and I have to get the, my Powerade. Powerade and popcorn. That's what I do. Uh, no,
1: man. It's all about the, the big ass pretzel and like, oversized icy. <laughs> uh, and um, otherwise, other than that, this week, I'm going to be maybe finishing Hawkeye. question mark maybe maybe on episode four i think so i'm almost there oh man but to end on an uplifting note a show i am going to finish the season of that i'm mostly done with is the new season of queer eye have you seen that on netflix uh not up my alley so no oh dude you want to talk about being moved to tears it is an amazing show and you know usually they'll do these kind of makeover shows or like house flipping shows and they kind of just do anybody Mm. who who submits or whatever it's more of a casting thing Mm -hmm. They call all the people they work with. They they're not their like the their project. It's the hero of the week. Mm. So they're all people who are heavily invested in like community charities. Uh, the one we watched last night was a guy who builds uh, homes in in a unhoused encampment, and he's trying to raise six million dollars to build fifty new homes for homeless people in his community. And he's a guy who is has um, changed his lifestyle. He's he's trying to get in shape. He was four hundred pounds, and he's losing weight. He's a recovering addict. And he just lost his mom, but his job, all he does all the time, he doesn't take care of himself. All he does is build houses for um, homeless people. So they go and they like, they, you know, help him be more confident. They basically do therapy to help him figure out why he doesn't value his own life as much as he values other people. And they give him makeover. And at the end, they help him with his presentation. And every episode is like that. They're beautiful, uplifting stories. And I recommend it to everybody. It's a great way to start your new year's, keep you on a positive note and show that You know, although Hollywood might be filled with what sounded like five dozen assholes who are out there killing people and doing whatever the hell they want, there are still good people in the world who are helping each other and helping other people. (sighs) All right. So, Tyler, what is your workout for the week looking like? Your workout sessions. (laughs) Workout sessions. Yeah. Talking about Getting a little sweat on doing some aerobics. Talking about junk again, but- um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Getting that rig nice and tight, boy.
0: This week, continuing on with building volume. January is all about volume with mm-hmm. me and for people out there that are, well, what is he talking about? What is volume? Why, why does he do something like that? And with it, I basically f- try concepts that are, that people might listen to and they basically be like, uh, what is that? But, uh, if something called the conjugate method and I use a modified version of it, uh, there was a very popular gym it is a popular gym, West side barbell, and they have the mm-hmm. conjugate method. And essentially I just take an element of it and apply it to my training. And I don't do the full thing because I'm not a training for a powerlifting competition, but essentially I just add in 70% lifts after building up to a close to maximum repetition. So then I do three reps at about 70, 75, sometimes modified versions of it. Good example would be if I'm doing back squats, I'll do front squats with bands and working on speed, something like that. But
1: that's what I've been working on, Ronald. How about you? Nice. Uh, well, today is an upper body pull day. So after this recording, I'm going to get zooted and zipped up and put on some pre-workout. And I'm going to go hit my upper body pull day. I'm going to start with dumbbell rows, about uh, 12, 15 reps. Uh, if I go ham, I might, I might go you know, set to 20 just because uh, sometimes I go dumb. Uh, at the gym that I'm going to tonight, they only have up to a hundred. So no big deal. sometimes I end up, ha- I end up having to use 20 reps to get the job done, you know, not flexing, but I'm flexing. Small flex. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll follow that with some, uh, some of my heavier eccentric pull-ups. Maybe I'll throw a hundred pounds on the belt, do some eccentric pull-ups, and then I'll go into, uh, some higher volume work, hit some biceps, hit some shrugs, hit some mid-back, Get a little cardio in there. I think I'm going to hit the heavy bag tonight, you know, because it'll be fun. The gym will be empty. I do have to do some filming, so that should be fun. Tyler, do you have a WTF moment for us today? My WTF moment has been
0: building for at least two weeks, and it could be more than that. It's probably been building since when Ronald mentioned his story about Zorro, and mine has to do with the actor Wilmer Valderrama. and I feel bad because I'm about to shit on him. But I'm like, what the hell? Like, who is his? Who reps him? Why is he all of a sudden in things? And to hear that he's to meet Zorro, and then I also I don't watch CBS, NBC. I don't watch those because I'm too fancy for that. And I watch HBO yeah, yeah. and Showtime. So whatever those channels are called, I forgot. But he ha- he's on NCIS. I all of a sudden I find out that he's in Encanto. Maybe that's why I didn't like it. But all of a <laughs> sudden. He is coming back and I'm like, what is going on? I didn't even know he was a good actor and he's popping up and all these things. And I'm like, I'm losing my mind. Why is he doing this? And who is asking
1: for more of him? So Wilmer Valderrama is your WTF moment. That is correct. That's perfect, Tyler. <laughs> all right. I think we should have changed the order, but now before we get into our outro to say goodbye, Tyler, do you have any takeaways for our audience? I do.
0: So in this segment of post workout takeaways, and this is my serious voice here.
1: With it, I would like to
0: normalize not being drenched in sweat and being dead after workouts. With the start of 2022, realize that you do not, do not need to walk out of the gym feeling like you can't walk, that your t-shirt is just super drenched, that that equals a good workout. I can tell you that for all the days i worked out, the time of the recording this, it's the sixth, and I've worked out five times that my shirt has never been drenched. And I can tell you that they've been very good workouts. So realize that going into 2022, it's not so much about feeling dead, but making it to that second, third, fourth, fifth workout.
1: I agree. And my takeaway is actually going to kind of correlate with what Tyler said. Uh, one of the things I've been talking about with some of my clients recently is that you know, you need to be aware of what you're trying to achieve. People don't succeed by accident and we are what we do repeatedly. So if you want to improve anything, you want to get better at anything in your life, your actions must match your desires or else You'll never get there. Mm -hmm. So that's what Tyler said. You have to pace yourself to make sure that you can repeat it over and over again. One great workout does not make you stronger. It will not make you healthier. What's going to make you healthier is that whole week then the whole month, then the whole year, then when you're doing it all the time, that's when all the benefits will come along with it.
0: Agree, good stuff.
1: All right, so thank you so much everybody for listening and taking time out of your day. We know you could have been anywhere in the world right now. But you're here with us and we appreciate it. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at movie Buffs underscore podcast. And if you like this episode, let us know. Leave a five-star review on your favorite platform. It really helps. Check the links in the description to look at all the great companies that help support the podcast and join us next week when we finally get to the bottom of who really let the dogs out. All right. Stay buff, my friends. Bye-bye.